Welcome to the Church on the Rock podcast. It is our prayer that this message brings hope and encouragement into your life as you go about your week. Thanks for tuning in. Awaken maybe your marriages. How many to say I need something awakening in my marriage? Don't even think about the nighttime, but maybe that needs awakening too. Uh, but how many know we need an awakening in our marriages? Amen. That's all right. We're in church. We're all adults here. How many know there can be an awakening to a son or a daughter that's wayward? An awakening in a relationship. An awakening in a business. An awakening to where we're going to say, man, we're going to be cognizant of God first living. We're going to put Jesus first in 2008-19. Maybe there needs to be an awakening of righteousness. You know, Paul even said in 1 Corinthians, I think it's around chapter 13, but he said, awake to righteousness. How many know there might need to be an awakening to righteousness? That maybe we've been letting things unravel a little bit in our life and we've get, been getting a little bit loosey-goosey. How many know that sometimes you can get a little loosey-goosey and you need to pull it in in your faith walk? Anybody out there say amen. You have to sometimes uh, hit the reset button. you got to wind things in a little bit. We need to awake to righteousness. Amen. Paul talked about that. We need to awake that God has a mission for us. I believe, I believe this, Alex, that this can be our best year to date. And I believe our best year is contingent upon this. It's not going to be a best year just because it's the best year. It'll be contingent upon that it's our best year spiritually. It's our best year with God. It's our best year of putting God first in our living. But I believe when we do that, we're going to have our best year physically. You know, you can even have optimal health. You know, your blood pressure can go down. Your heart, you can get off medicines maybe this year. Are you all with me? How many, you can believe for optimal health. You can believe for optimal. Optimal means just the best that you can have. Optimal health. You can believe for optimal spiritual relationship or or that you're going to be healed emotionally this year. Amen. How many young people that's in college or you're, you're, you're in education, this can be your best year academically. Come on. It can be your best year academically. This can be your best year in our businesses, in our best year professionally. I really believe that. But here's the thing is I don't want you to strive for that to happen. I don't want you to force that to happen. Just know that when we put God first, it just automatically begins to happen. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 says this, for it's God. Everybody say it's God. Come on, it's God working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So who's doing the work? Come on, say it to me. God's doing the work, and he's giving you the power. He even gives you the desire. Anybody ever say, I don't have a desire to press through some of the things I know I need to press through? I'm not enjoying this sacrifice that I'm going through right now, but I know I need to press through that. I need the strength of the Lord, and he's going to help me through that. I love this. It says, therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, what are the desires of your heart this year? Run them through the filter of God's word and see if they bring glory to him. But if they bring glory to him, then you can believe that you receive them. Come on, you can believe that you receive them, 
and then you shall have them. Somebody say amen. That's what the word says. It's going to be our best year yet. The next 21 days are about getting it set right, getting it started off right. How many know you need to start off right? You got to start off right. So it's a, the next 21 days are about drawing closer to God. It's about finding a full surrender to Him at a deeper level. It's about positioning yourself, positioning yourself and putting your place in the place to where God can just see that and say, man, He's ready for me to come do something in His life. You know, people are in search of happiness, people are in search of fulfillment and satisfaction. But I'm telling you, listen listen to this. You might want to write this down. Happiness is not an issue of need, but happiness is an issue of order. Happiness is not an issue of need, but of order. Too many people think that happiness is more of this or more of that, more money, better transportation, a better job, a promotion, a a better home, get out of this rent and get into uh, uh, my own home. Maybe it's a better marriage. Maybe uh, uh, I'm fighting with my wife all the time. Maybe if we have some kids. Hello, are you serious? Maybe if we have some kids, it'll get better. Better marriage. Maybe things need to go on better in the bedroom. Maybe things, uh, you need better this or you need better great. They think that happiness is more, better, or greater by what you can get. Happiness is not an issue of need, but but it is of order. If God's divine order is intact, then all your needs will be met. Listen to this. Write this down. Where order is restored. This is what I want you to do in your fast and in your prayer this next day. Is I want you to reestablish. Hit your neighbor and say, we're going to reestablish something. We're going to reestablish. Jada's like, that's too hard, Rachel. I got a bruise on my arm. All right. Amen. We're going to reestablish an order in our life because when order is re- when order is restored, blessing is released. Blessings released. Blessing is a natural. It's a natural byproduct of a divine order. Think about it. Think about when you clean your house. How many how many really think your car runs better when you clean it out and you get the oil changed? It, it doesn't. It it feels like it. Come on, I, I swear my car runs better after I change the oil and when it's clean. You, you know, if, if some of us would just clean our closets out or make our bed in the morning, are y'all with me? Restore some order and some cleanliness, amen? Uh, just, you, you'll see the difference. But I believe we got to put God first, and when we put God first, how many know that all the other components just line up? The scripture says it. You all know this scripture, Matthew 6, 33. What does it say? Read it with me on the screen today. Matthew 6, 33. Read it loud with me. But seek ye first. Hey, whoa, whoa. But seek what? But seek what? Does that say second? Is it third? Priorities, priorities, money, job, family, seek ye, come on, seek ye first, simple, seek ye first the kingdom of God. 
That's the problem with a lot of lives today. And the emptiness is God is not first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added to you. Everybody say things. If you want something new and exciting to happen in your life, you have to create some space for that to happen. How many is glad that um, Kyle Long's back in the Bears? Come on. Any, any Kyle Long? Some of you is like, who's Kyle Long? Who, who says, who's Kyle Long? Who's Kyle Long? Come on. Oh, I won't do that to you. Who's Kyle Long? Kyle Long is the offensive guard that's a pro bowler for the Chicago Bears. Any Bear fans in the house today, all right? Why is it that Jordan Howard, anybody know who Jordan Howard is? Come on now. What number is he? 24. Somebody say 24. How come Jordan Howard has rushed for over 400 yards the last three games? Why? Why Why has he rushed for over 400 yards the last three games? Because his offensive line has created a space that even I could run through. I could be a professional ball player right now. I can even run through those holes in that space that they're creating. But when they Create that space. A talented athlete can run through that and gain the yardage. What you need to do this next year is create some space for God to move in your life. Are you all with me today? And we can begin to win. Even, uh, hey, I saw Chad somewhere. Where's Chad today? Chad and Kim. Oh, you guys got to stand up. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Hey, look at that new baby right there. Huh? Phoenix, right? Phoenix, right. I'm going to embarrass you, but how do these ladies get so skinny so fast? How do they do that? You look great, Kim. Uh, You guys, I I was over at your house. You can sit down. They had so much fun. They're in a brand new home because God's blessing you, amen? You're in a brand new home. Are you guys putting God first in your life? Yeah. When did you start doing that? A couple years ago? Two years ago. Are you glad you did that? How about you, Kim? Am I, am I preaching truth today if people's like, does that really make a difference? Does it make a difference? So you'll testify of that. And, and you're like totally blessed now, huh? All right. You, they had so much room getting that. They had so much fun getting that room ready, creating that room so that that baby could come home. God wants you To create some room so that he can come home. The Bible says that heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. But where is the house that you've created for me? How many say I want to create a space? This next 21 days, it's not about what I can get, but but it's uh, it's about opening your life up to God and opening up a space for him to 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 move in your life. Amen. So so we want to do that. We want to do that. Cuz God God is a filler. He's not a forcer. I want to I want to read one statement about DL Moody. DL Moody said this. I like this. I can hear him saying it. They have a quote at the bottom, if they will hold that just for a minute. But at the beginning of that, it says, I believe firmly. D.L. Moody says this. I believe firmly that the moment our hearts are emptied of pride, of selfishness, 
of worldly ambition and self-seeking desire. D.L. Moody said this. And everything else is contrary, listen to this, or in competition with God. He said, I believe this firmly, that then the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, will come and fill every corner of our hearts. But if we are full of pride and we're conceited and we have a worldly ambition and we have, we're self-seeking and we're looking for the pleasure and we're getting involved in the pleasures of this world, there is no room for the Spirit of God. Now, write this down. Here's the, how he ended this. And he said, and I believe that many a man or woman is praying for God to fill him when he's full already of something else. Before we pray that God would fill us, I believe today we ought to pray that God would empty us. As we anticipate, as we anticipate his power, his passion, his quickening, his movement in my life, his progression. That's something I love about Jesus. When you're with Jesus, you're always going forward. When you're with God, you're always going somewhere. Sometimes you, in this world, we're just spinning around out of control, and it doesn't seem like we're going anywhere. But how many know when you're with God, you're always going for somewhere? But we need to make three space makers and create a space so that God can bring his reward. And I'm going to go over the first area that the word encourages us to create a space is this. It's by giving. The Bible says, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by everybody. You'll lose your reward from your father. When you give to someone in need, don't do it as the hypocrites do. Don't blow trumpets. Don't stand on the streets calling attention to all your acts of charity. I tell you the truth, I thank God you guys don't have hearts like that. I tell you the truth, you've already received your reward and all the reward that you're ever going to get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand even know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private. Everybody say private. Give your gifts in private. And your Father who sees everything. You all believe that? Your Father who sees everything will reward you. He will reward you. Don't, be, don't give to be admired. Boy, that Brian Swell guy. Oh, I'd do anything for him. That's giving to get. Don't toot your horn to yourself. Don't do that. Do it privately. I always say that Jesus prayed in the private with agony, but he healed with ease in the private. I want to challenge you three ways to give. First, you can give your time. Give your time. Give your time. You know, as a father of four, Carmen and I are empty nesters. Our youngest ones are twins, 24. Me and Carmen's 30-something. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, but we found out early that our kids would rather have us than the latest, greatest Xbox. We found out that our kids would rather have us than anything that we could ever give them. They wanted us to give them. I challenge you in this next 21 days to align yourself for God to fill that space to where you 
give of your time. We all have 24 hours, and when you give of your time, you're giving something that's special. Give your time to your partner. Turn the TV off. Take your partner out to eat. Hold their hands. Leave the phones in the car. Anybody here say amen. Look in... Me and Carmen have people sometimes say, did you guys just get married? That's the truth. They'll come up and say, oh, did you guys just get married? And we're like, are you kidding? I've been married this woman 32 years. Seems like yesterday. Did I tell you what a rotten day yesterday was? No, just kidding. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, I'm serious. People will come up and say, oh, are you just newly married? It's because, baby, it's going on 32 years later. Come on. Because we we love each other, all right? Amen. Uh, We give our time. Our kids want you. Hey, here's another thing I I challenge you to do through this 21 days. Seriously, seriously. We've been doing this. I started my fast like 10 days ago because I'm going to be on vacation. I'm going to miss towards the end of it. So I wanted to start because I don't ever want to ask you guys to do something I'm not going to do. So I've already been in a, in a fast for like 10 days. But, but we've been trying to go visit people. Instead of just sitting at home, we'll just go to somebody's house. Say, hey, what's up? How you doing? And they're like, oh, what are you doing here? <laughs> no, you're all worried I'm coming to your house today. I'm coming to your house today, buddy. Um, but anyway, invite some friends over. Seriously, in the next 21 days, we've lost community in our world. Invite some friends over. How many notice? Everybody turn around if you can turn around. Everybody look in the back. See all those signs on the wall? There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's ten groups. There's ten small groups that are ready for you to come to their house the next the next five weeks. And get this, when you go to that house, there's this amazing discussion guide. And what you heard this morning on preaching, we're going to put it into practice. And we're going to, Noreen made these, they're so well done. But uh, we're, we're, we, we got small groups ready to go. We've got however many groups ready to go, and we've got people saying, if they fill up, I'm ready to be a facilitator. Seriously, seriously, I challenge every single person in this fast, especially if you're new. This is a great, I will have to admit, it would be hard for me to just go to a small group if I was new. But if, if you can do it, I think you'll, I, we picked out people that will make you feel welcome. And I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, we've got the group leaders going to stand at the tables at the end today for this next for this uh, series that we're in. There is nothing wrong with saying, I would like to go to that group. You can tell just by looking at somebody if you're like, I just feel like I want to get to know them. It looks like they're about my age. It looks like they've got some kids. Um, you just, just be like, I just feel like I want to go to that one. There's nothing wrong with that. Anybody out there say amen. There's nothing wrong with that. You might find a group like that. You may find a group because you just look at them and you're like, I'd like to get to know that person. It looks like they might be where I'm at in life. Here's another way you can choose a group. We put everywhere the locations are. You may, you may need to choose your group demographically by where you live. Um, 
because we also think it's cool if the older ones are with the younger ones. How many think that can even be cool? Amen. So you may want to do it uh, by where you live because you're like, man, I get home late. And guys, we've also trained these leaders that they're supposed to stop their groups because we know people have to go to work the next day. Make, create a space, seriously, in this next 21 days. Create a space by finding a small group and going to it. I'm looking at Steve and Nicole back there. I've been trying to hook them up with um, Caters over here. Scott and Denise Cater, they're sitting right there. And Steve and Nicole are sitting right there. And Jeff and Shelly, you guys are sitting right there. That's a group. You know what, Steve and Nicole, you guys are new like in the last five or six weeks, right? But you kind of, uh, maybe a little longer than that, but you guys kind of kind of like it here and, you, and stuff. So, man, I try to hook you up with some people I know are cool and that, you, that your kids are about the same age. Um, man, you guys could join that group. I mean, there's lots of groups. There's lots of places. But, guys, I want to challenge you. I really believe that, that the way we grow is we grow, the way we grow in God is we don't just grow individually, but we, jo- we grow when we're together. Are you all with me? Say amen. So, so that's the way we're talking about. So um, we're talking about giving of your time. Um, then we talked about, Josh talked today about the giving of your, your finances. And then the third way is the giving of yourself just by serving. I'm not going to get into the finances because we've already talked about that tonight, today. But there, there is something to that. And you've got some scriptures you can look at there. But then just serving. Here's what I've been trying to do on my fast is my wife isn't washing. Well, I usually wash dishes. I try to wash dishes anyway. But I'm looking at any way I can serve my wife. Any, any way I can serve her. Uh, if it's doing laundry. If it's, I, I, I'm looking through this fast. It ought to be that way all the time. Are y'all with me? But through the fast, I'm, I'm putting myself down. I, I, I'm trying to decrease, and I want to increase God, and I want to increase everybody around me. Even on the money part, which I don't want to talk about a whole lot, one of the things I had down on money is um, somebody gave me 100 bucks last week. And um, I've been uh, told me that, to, to keep it because they knew that we were going on going away and they wanted to bless us but man I just felt I was to to give it to somebody yesterday that was broke down on the road but even in fasting if you'll read in Isaiah 58 it talks about when you're in a fast even to give of your finances to give of your food to give of yourself so when I when it says when you give think about this think about giving of your resources thinking about giving of your time, and then think about serving. Are you all with me? Say amen. And then the second way that I want you to create a space is by your prayer life. The Bible says when you pray, and if all you would grab your your booklets, your booklets, um, and again, if you didn't have them, they're free. um, And and even if you want one now, it's not, it wouldn't be... um, chaotic to lift your hand up. If you want one now, are there any more ushers? Oh, we're out. If, if you didn't get one, if, 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 if you're a couple and you've got two, maybe you can hold your book up and give it to somebody today or something. But, but anyway, uh, um, but 
uh, anyway with that, I'm going to go through the prayer part just a little bit. But when you pray, notice the Bible says in this Matthew 6, if those guys would bring that scripture up for me, please. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who do it to be seen in all this. But look at verse 6. When you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. See the private again? Then your Father who sees everything will reward you openly. Okay? Here's, here's, here's what I want to do today. If you're around 18, 19 years old, let me see your hand. Or if you're in your 20s, if you're the, kind of in that age, or even in high, if you're within 5, 10 years of 19, all right, really, really perk up and listen here a minute on this. What I, what I put in that book is what I found when I was 19. I was a pastor of a church, and I didn't have a clue how to pray. I was a full-time pastor, and I remember my first day at work, full-time. Uh, I don't even know. It just happened so fast. I was a welder in a rock quarry, and the next thing I knew, I was a full-time pastor, all right? And uh, I sat down, I did, and, and I was like, well, I'm a pastor. What should I do today? I was like, well, a pastor ought to pray. I went out and knelt down. My prayer lasted probably less than 10 minutes. I didn't have a foggiest how to pray. And what I wrote in that book is what I've been doing for 32 years. I'm not saying it's the only way to pray, and I'm not saying that you have to pray this way. But I'm telling you that it gave me a foundation, and it gave me, I'm a type of person that needs some kind of a guide in how to do something. If you'll look in that book and use that for a guide, I think the Holy Spirit would maybe take that and help you if you want to create some space, anybody out there, to pray, I think this could help you. So when you're looking at it, it starts out, it says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's page 16 and 17. The first thing I do every morning is I set an attitude that I'm going to pray. Write this down, Psalms 100, 1 through 4. It says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all you in. Serve the Lord with that gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord's good, blah, 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 blah. Down at verse 4, it says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. In other words, every day I get up, I'm going to enter with thanksgiving to God. And then I will enter his courts, or I'll go before God with praise on my lips. And then I like Psalms 34. Psalms 34, they say Abraham Lincoln read it every day to where you couldn't even see the pages because he ran his hand across it. But it says this, I will, somebody say I will. I will praise the Lord when? At all times. And then it says I will, somebody say I will. I will constantly speak of his praises. It says I will, somebody say I will. I'll boast. Boast just means brag. Can anybody brag on God? Somebody say amen. We need to give the Lord a hand clap on that. Change the atmosphere a little bit. Even in the room, you can change the atmosphere. I will. Amen. Even today at the Bears, you're going to hear a and it'll say, come on, make some noise. By golly, if we can make noise for the Bears, we ought to definitely be able to make noise for the Lord. Somebody say amen. It says, come and let us tell of his greatness. So, so my first thing is I always am like, I'm, I'm, I'm praying first. I'm not looking at my cell phone. I'm not looking at my email. I'm not looking at my text. I'm praying first. The first thing that comes out of my mouth, Psalms chapter 92, I think. Psalms 92, like verse 1 or something. I, I don't remember where, where it is. Yeah, 
Psalms 92.1. It says, when I start my day, I'm going to think about his love. And then he says, when I lay down at night, I'm going to meditate of his faithfulness that day. So I'm going to start my day and I'm going to end my day with God in prayer. I'm thinking about him. So I'm, I'm praising him. I'm doing all that. But in there, I give you some ways that you can praise him in your book on pages 16 through 18. Then I say, your kingdom come, your will be done. Pages 18 and 19 lead you how to do that. Give us this day our daily bread. Uh, we, in, in that, here's what I do there, guys. In the next 21 days, I challenge you to find a devotion. The Bible says man can't live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeds out of the mouth of God. The bread is the Bible. So what I do in my prayer time is I do, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be our name. I do thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I do what's in your book. And then I stop and I do my daily reading. I do my devotion time. And in your books, there's a place of something called soap that I want you to look. It teaches you how to study the Bible and what to do. That's all in your books. So devotion time is give us this day our daily bread. And that's also when you can pray that God blesses your finances as well. And then I go into forgive us our debts as we forgive, forgive those who trespasses as we forgive those who trespasses against us is pardon. First I do praise, then I do purpose, then I do provision, then I do pardon. Brothers and sisters, listen to me. God spoke this to me on this 21 days. Some of you that are hurt through unforgiveness, I want you to do this. If you can close your mind and any person and any person or any instance comes in your mind that's painful, the next 21 days, listen, I want you just to do this. Let's just use the name Joneses. Lord, say Joneses hurt me somehow. Lord, forgive us our debt. Lord, before I'm going to ask you to forgive me, I'm going to forgive those who have hurt me. Lord, I pray blessings on the Joneses in Jesus' name. I do that every day because you've got to set your will daily that you will not be offended and you will not allow yourself to be hurt. And people that have hurt, Jesus said, don't think it's strange when you have offenses. He said, Jesus said, in this world you're going to be offended, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Are you all with me? Let him go. Let people go. Let people go. The Lord told me that people are going to be freed from hurt and bitterness and shame through this 21 days. Try me. Try, try out what I'm telling you, and I'm telling you it works. Then I go in to lead me not into temptation. That's protection. That's protection. And you'll see that on pages 21 and 22. And then, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. That's page 22. All right? So, we're creating space with giving. We're creating space with prayer. And finally, this morning, as the worship team's coming forward, we're creating space with fasting. And when you fast, and when you fast, it doesn't tell you you ought to think about fasting. It says, everybody say, when you fast. When you fast, when you fast, but when you fast, the God, again, in this scripture says, he that sees it in private will reward you openly. I want to talk to you briefly on some things fasting does. In your book, it shows you different fasts. It shows you how to fast. It shows you why to fast in your book. 
It, it explains all that. But I want to give you just some reasons why to fast. First is fasting expands you so that God can do a new thing. In Matthew nine fourteen through 17, it says, One day John the Baptist came and asked him, Why don't your disciples fast like we do? Jesus replied, Do wedding guests mourn while they're celebrating the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom, Jesus was talking about himself, he'll be taken away, and after that you will fast. Anybody out there say amen. So we are all disciples of the Lord. When Jesus was with the disciples, listen, when he was with the disciples, he told them, you don't need to fast because I'm with you. But after I leave, you're going to fast again. Again, fasting is creating a space for God to fill. Listen, fasting, my biggest thing in my fast that I'm doing is I'm believing for intimacy with Jesus. Are y'all with me? Listen, Jesus said, you don't need to fast because I'm already with you. I'm intimate with you. John laid his head on Jesus' lap. They were intimate. They were close. They talked. They reasoned. Jesus was in their space physically, but he said, someday I'm not going to be. And when it's like that, guys, listen to me. I don't know why, but for some reason when you fast food, when you fast your food, and you create that time that you would have been eating, and you pray, and you seek God, it takes your walk with Jesus to a different level. I don't know why. And then it goes in to say, guys, back in that time, they had these wine skins. They had skins. And this is the example Jesus gave. They had skins, and they said, you don't put new wine in old wine skins. Because if you put new wine in old wine skin, it expands and it bursts the container or the skin because the new wine expanded. Here's what Jesus was saying. When you fast, you got to create a new space that's a bigger space because I'm going to put myself in you that's going to expand. Listen, you can't do it. Fasting takes you past your routine of the way you currently do it, and it puts you in a new wineskin and makes it bigger. Listen, because God wants to do a new thing in you. Anybody out there want a new thing? Anybody out there want what, how we started this thing out with a, an awakening? This is the best year spiritually. We'll create a new wineskin and an opening through fasting this week. Through fasting this week. Fasting gets the gunk out. I mean, you're, this is a professional trainer over here, Alex. Fasting's even good physically done right because it cleanses us. I mean, you think about all the hot dogs and the french fries and the stuff we put through our bodies and our organs are... I mean, it gives it a break. It cleanses it out. It, it, it refreshes you even physically. And guys, listen, there's nothing wrong with one of your goals being physically fit. Because when you physically feel better, it affects your spirit and it affects your emotions. Because God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And He made us body, soul, and spirit. They all work together. So it's important that you even take care of your, your body. It gets the gunk out. 
The other thing fasting does, here's the biggest thing I like about fasting. I know some people are saying I'm fasting social media or I'm fasting stuff like that. I'm I'm turning like I'm not watching the news. Not watching the news. That's one of the things I'm fasting. It's I'm 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 so sick of the news. It's stupid. Every network just pushes their agenda. I don't care which one it is. It's stupid. It distracts you. You need to have a little bit of idea what's going on, but it's all perverted and adulterated where you don't even know when you're done watching what's really going on. You wonder how I feel about things? <laughs> um, but uh, but the on the... Um, forgot what I was saying. Oh, oh, I think foods, I know people are fasting that stuff, but I, I think there has to be some kind of a food fast in there. I know some people can't physically, and you guys, but I think that's a small number. But I think there needs to be something, there's something about physically giving up food. Um, what I'm doing is... I'm drinking a protein shake in the morning, and then I'm drinking water the rest of the day. And then I'm drinking a protein shake the next morning, and I'm drinking water the rest of the day. And then I'm, and then I'm, um, and then I'm, um, if I get feeling real weak, where, because how many know we still got to do our jobs and stuff? Some of you that are in construction and stuff. I had Carmen make me up some fish to where I've had two pieces of fish and a handful of some nuts. But don't be legalistic with it. I just ask God what he wants me to do. And I try to, I don't look at fasting as not what I don't get to do. I look at fasting as, I just want more of God. And like Jesus said, I'm not hungry when they kept telling him he was hungry and thirsty when he was dealing with the woman at the well. He was so into God and into what God had for him that food was secondary. I want us to get food secondary in our life. I want to get God primary. And I think food's the way to do it. Here's why. Here's why. Your body's a spoiled little brat. And when you're fasting, your body will go, I want a hamburger. And then it'll smell French fries. I want those French fries. And you go, I know you want those French fries, but you're not having them. <laughs> I want them. And then it, your senses increase. Boy, I'm feeling embarrassed right now. But uh gets the point across. I want him, I want him. How many ever see the kid that just throws a fit and kicks his mother in the shins and spits on her? That's what our bodies do when we say you can't eat. But listen, listen, when you kept when you keep slapping your body and saying, No, you're not having that. Yeah, <laughs> you're not having that. <laughs> it gets to where your body quits throwing a fit. Seriously, it gets to where your body quits throwing a fit. 
and your spiritual senses are heightened. It's like spidey senses. Seriously. Fasting gives you spidey senses in the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you. Fasting makes the Word go, wow, that was there? Fasting makes you feel the breath of God on the back of your neck. Because you're creating a space for Him to feel. Somebody say, I want that today. I want that. I don't want to do a legalistic fast today. I don't want to do something legalistic and to, 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 oh, I want this. And Lord, I just want you. How many wants the Lord today? I want the Lord today. Thank you, Jesus. For more information and to stay up to date with what's happening in the life of Church on the Rock, please visit us on the web at cotrag.org. Thanks again for tuning in.